You are listening to me talking to myself. Welcome to the podcast, where I share some useful tools, insights, and questions to make us feel more peaceful, more present, more connected, and empowered to create. Welcome, everyone. I have just come back from a 10-day silent meditation course, Vipassana, which was an interesting and remarkable experience for me, and I have received a lot of questions and interest about the course, about my insights, challenges, and recommendations. And also, because coming back, I even more realized how grateful I am for all the tools yoga and coaching gave me, including meditation that I have been practicing for five years, and I would like to share it's magic with you and whoever else is interested in living life on purpose. I honestly do not remember how and why I decided to attend this course in the first place a couple of years ago. Possibly one of my yoga teacher friends shared with me and throughout lockdowns and cancellations, it was still on my to-do slash wish slash goals list. Before I attended the course, I did not do any research or asked a lot of questions about the experience just because I love having my own experience and not being influenced by other people's opinions that would have been completely different to mine. It is everybody's personal journey and exploration, and if you decide to attend the course, your experience will be completely different. If you are planning to attend and you would like to be surprised, this is probably not the episode for you. If I would have attended the course two years ago, pre-lockdown and pre-isolation, I would have had different challenges. If I would have attended the course even two months ago, pre-war in Ukraine, I would have had completely different realizations too. Some information about the course. Vipassana is one of India's most ancient meditation techniques. Long lost to humanity, it was rediscovered more than 2,500 years ago. The word vipassana means seeing things as they really are. It is the process of self-purification by self-observation. You begin by observing the natural breath to concentrate the mind. With a sharpened awareness, you proceed to observe the changing nature of body and mind and experience the universal truths of impermanence, suffering, and egolessness. This truth realization by direct experience is the process of purification. The entire path, which is called Dhamma, is a universal remedy for universal problems and has nothing to do with any organized religion. For this reason, it can be freely practiced by anyone at any time in any place without any conflict due to race, community, or religion and will prove equally beneficial to everyone. Before you attend the course, it is important to know that Vipassana is not rest. It is not a holiday that you might enjoy, at least not in the process. It is not intellectual or philosophical entertainment, not an opportunity to socialize, also not escape from everyday life's challenges and problems. It is a technique that gives you tools to remove or at least reduce suffering from your life. It is a method of mental purification which allows you to face life's tensions and problems in a calm, balanced way. It is an art of living that you can use to make positive contributions to society. The goal of the Pasana meditation is total liberation and full enlightenment. Its purpose is never simply to cure physical disease. However, as a byproduct of mental purification, many other illnesses can be cured as well. In fact, Vipassana eliminates the three causes of all unhappiness. Craving, 
aversion, and ignorance. With continued practice, the meditation releases the tensions developed in everyday life, creating awareness tied by the old habit of reacting in an unbalanced way to pleasant and unpleasant situations. The technique works on the simple basis that all human beings share the same problems, and a technique which can eliminate these problems will have a universal application. The process of self-purification by introspection is never easy. It is a course, and as a student, you do the work. If you work properly and follow all the instructions, you arrive at your own realizations. No one else can do it for you. It was a completely different experience for me than for the other 129 people. So in total, there were around 130 people, half male, half female. Everybody came for different reasons, and meditation is the answer to all of them. How powerful is that? Continuity of the practice, as always, is the secret of this technique's success. Nothing works, no diet, no program, no course, no training, until you do. There are some rules and regulations that have been developed to make it work. As a student, you will have to stay for the entire period of the course. All who attend a Vipassana course must undertake the following five precepts for the duration of the course. First, to abstain from killing any being, including animals and insects. Second, to abstain from stealing. Third, to abstain from sexual activity. Four, to abstain from telling lies. Five, to abstain from all intoxicants. During the course, it is essential that all forms of prayer, worship, or religious ceremony, like fasting or burning incense, be discontinued. All other meditation techniques and healing or spiritual practices should also be suspended. This is not to condemn any other technique or practice, but to give a trial to the technique of vipassana in its purity. The teacher of the course is available to meet students privately. The interview and question times are for clarifying the technique or for questions arising from the evening discourses that are daily about the technique or the course. I will share my questions with you in later episodes. Noble silence. What is it? All students must observe noble silence from the beginning of the course until the morning of the last full day. Noble silence means silence of body, speech, and mind. Any form of communication with fellow students, whether by gestures, sign language, written notes, etc., is not allowed. Students should cultivate the feeling that they are working in isolation. There is a complete segregation of men and women. Couples, married or otherwise, should not contact each other in any way during the course. The same applies also to friends, members of the same family, etc., It is important that throughout the course there be no physical contact whatsoever. You can combine physical yoga and other exercises with vipassana, however, they should be suspended during the course as well, because there is no actual space available at the course site. You are either sharing a dome or a room. I personally had my morning practice and handstands. This is not negotiable. (laughs) Jogging is also not permitted. The only official allowed exercise is walking in the designated areas during the rest periods. There is a small forest, however, forest sounds big, but you actually mostly walk in circles. No drugs, alcohol, or other intoxicants should be used, also no smoking or similar. Dress should be simple, 
modest and comfortable. This is important in order to minimize distractions to others. No outside communications are allowed before the course ends. This includes letters, phone calls, and visitors. You leave mobile phones and other electronic devices in a locker until the course ends. No reading or writing is allowed. Students should not distract themselves by taking notes. The restriction on reading and writing is to emphasize the strictly practical nature of the meditation. In this technique, we are not observing thoughts, but respiration and sensations. We are observing mind wandering. We are observing the impermanence of everything represented by our breath, sensations, thoughts. They come, they stay, they go away. We are practicing non-attachment. And by journaling or writing down our thoughts, we would create attachments to our thoughts that are also impermanent. So what is the cost of the course? According to the tradition of Vipassana, courses are run only on a donation basis. Donations are accepted only from those who have completed at least one 10-day course. You can give a donation on the last day of the course or any time thereafter. In this way, courses are supported by those who have realized for themselves the benefits of the practice and would like to share those benefits with others. Vipassana meditation is beneficial for most people. However, it is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric treatment. And to clarify the spirit behind the discipline and rules, they may be summarized as follows. You take great care that your actions do not disturb anyone. And also take no notice of distractions caused by others. It is only by taking a disciplined approach and by making maximum effort that a student can fully understand the practice and benefit from it. The emphasis during the course is on work. A golden rule is to meditate as if one were alone, with one's mind turned inward, ignoring any inconveniences and distractions. So, there are three steps to the training. The first step is for the period of the course to abstain from killing, stealing, sexual activities, speaking falsely, and intoxicants. The simple code of moral conduct serves to calm the mind, which otherwise would be too agitated to perform the task of self-observation. The next step is to develop some mastery over the mind by learning to fix one's attention on the natural reality of the ever-changing flow of breath as it enters and leaves the nostrils. By the fourth day, the mind is calmer and more focused, better able to undertake the practice of vipassana itself, observing sensations throughout the body, understanding their nature and developing equanimity by learning not to react to them. Finally, on the last day, participants learn the meditation of loving-kindness or goodwill towards all in which the purity developed during the course is shared with all beings. A little bit about the course timetable. Waking up at 4 a.m., you meditate from 4.30 till 9 p.m., either in the hall all together or in your room. Three breaks for breakfast, lunch, tea time, and short rest periods of five minutes throughout the day. Every evening, there is a discourse with teachings about the technique and the course, where you still remain seated on your designated positions. As an old student, which means you have completed at least one 10-day course, you can attend further 10-day courses, 3-day courses, 1-day courses, 20- and 45-day courses. 
It is for everyone, so you do not have to be a yoga or meditation teacher. If you attend the course for the first time, you probably have some thoughts about the course, the duration of the course, the teacher, maybe having some insecurities. What am I doing here? Am I doing it right? It is hard. It is uncomfortable. I like this. I don't like that. All possible thoughts and judgments about other students, about yourself, about the technique. First day for me was the hardest one, as it is a change to my usual routine. The long time sitting feels obviously very uncomfortable. It is not fun, and you have still nine days to go. On the second day, I was still thinking, whoa, this is crazy. What am I doing here? And who are all those crazy people doing the same? At the same time, you do not have any financial commitment you made ahead of time. So you are actually free to leave whenever you want to and let go of this experience if you want. However, you created the time to be here. It is your personal commitment to your inner work, to growth, to getting to know yourself, to your personal journey, and to a bigger life. The discomfort made it interesting for me to stay till the end. Around day seven or eight, after practicing for days, discourses, I realized the effect of the course and started feeling some benefits. Watching all the things I was complaining about, I was liking, I was disliking, and realizing who is actually the creator of my own suffering and discomfort. This was powerful. It does not mean you are content with everything and you have no likes or dislikes or opinions, but just realizing that with my own likes and my own dislikes that are cravings or aversions to something, which is an attachment, I make myself miserable. The practice of not reacting to thoughts, sensations, and circumstances gives us that space of stillness, the space of silence and equanimity. And this gives us the power to not react blindly following our usual habit patterns, but respond on purpose. And awareness is always the first step. Another thought I had is that it is obviously uncomfortable to sit for so long. In my daily life, I move most of the time, which I love. However, I also know how important rest and recovery is. Nevertheless, I thought there must be other ways to challenge our mind instead of sitting for 15 hours, like cold exposure, weightlifting, or any kind of sports activities that require you to evolve to the next version of yourself, being uncomfortable and challenge your limits. It is true indeed. With those actions, you become more resilient. However, only meditation and the practice of meditation can purify the mind, create stillness, peace, and equanimity. Because of current circumstances and what we have all recently been part of, and me being Ukrainian, every time I thought that it was uncomfortable, discomfort has a slightly different definition right now. I was thinking about people at the same time in Ukraine, losing their homes, living underground or in shelters, that food, electricity, water with constant noise, fear and uncertainty. Vipassana, although a meditation prison, sounded like heaven on earth. I have a bed, I have food, I have water, I have silence, and I know that in 10 days I will go home. And I have a home. I have peace. And I'm learning how to create peace wherever I go and whatever I do. As you have no idea what is happening outside of the space, you have no access to phones, to news, you are a little bit lost in time. You have no calendar, you hear gong sounds for announcements instead of alarms. 
There is no rush, not much planning, not much to do. There is just to be. I love the silence. So how does it feel to start talking on the 10th day? I personally did not feel like talking. I wanted to process the experience for myself first. So after it was announced that we are allowed to talk, I actually went to my room and a couple of hours later after the final dinner, it was nice and interesting to share, connect and reconnect to people who you came with or connected before the noble silence or people you sat next to for 10 days without knowing their name, what language they speak and where they are from. It is interesting to notice how I use my language. How fast do I speak? How slow do I speak? How much do I usually say? How do I say things? Do you still remember all the languages I speak? The quiz ended on my birthday, which is 10th of April. My kind of celebration of me, of life, and my kind of gift to myself, a clear, focused, equanimous mind to start my next year on this earth. Although it is a very personal experience, if you do the work properly, you come out with a clear, more focused, equanimous mind. Being more aware of things and people outside of you that you cannot control, that bring you off-center. And having the tools to keep and create your peace wherever you are and wherever you go. The technique of observing respiration, experiencing sensations, is a powerful tool to process emotions. Every emotion we experience is a vibration in our body. The more we practice, the better we become in processing emotions. Whatever we do or do not do in life is because of the feeling we think we will have when we get it. We are either moving towards something we want, happiness, joy, or we are moving away from something we do not want to feel. Fear, rejection, boredom, discomfort, irritation. The worst thing that can happen is an emotion. It is a vibration in our body. If we learn how to process emotions, not avoiding, ignoring, or resisting, but being with them, observing objectively, like Neji saying, heaviness in the chest, maybe heat in the face, tension in the stomach, there is nothing we would not be willing to do. Realizing, oh, I was afraid to do something or to say something because I didn't want to feel rejection. And then realizing at the same time, oh, rejection is just a little bit of heaviness in my chest. This is what I was afraid of. It is not a big deal. For me, it was a confirmation in many ways that I'm on the right way. I was very much looking forward to coming back to London, to my usual life that I love, with even more conviction and passion, sharing tools of yoga and meditation, and loving people who come to my classes and are doing the work on themselves of becoming more peaceful, harmonious, loving, compassionate, calm, and balanced. As always, you do not want to go into this experience with expectations. Expectations are attachments to something we want to get in return in the future. This is not where we are present with the actual experience. And eventually there might be disappointment. I have done all that work and I'm still not enlightened and have all the problems. The problems will be always there. We just learn and gain tools how to respond to them. And you might also experience something you didn't even think about. In any case, after 10 days, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and opens doors to new challenges and new possibilities. 
If everybody would do yoga and meditate, there would be no war. Let's say definitely less war and less conflict in the world. That's why we constantly need to do the work on ourselves first. So we do not bring that kind of energy into the world, but contribute to peace and harmony. Knowledge is only potential power unless we use it. The course offers the space and the environment to practice, to experience and to transform insight into wisdom. You observe things as they are without trying to change them by watching your breath and your sensations. By observing things as they are, they lose their power over you. You can notice discomfort without becoming it. You can notice thoughts without becoming them. I will share more teachings, some useful tools and practices in the next episodes. Nobody can harm you more than your untrained mind. And nobody can serve you more than your trained mind. As human beings, we are the only species able to observe the reality within and think about our thoughts. Our mind is a powerful tool we have if we are its managers and not the opposite. If we do not use it, we lose it. The mind is a muscle we need to train daily. It is a practice, and the more we practice, the stronger and healthier the muscle becomes. So why not to use the power we have? Thank you for being curious. If you enjoyed listening, rate, review, subscribe, share, and join the conversation. Do not miss out on yourself.